if I told you there was an entire queer <laughs> animated TV series that aired on, wait for it, American Cable Television. So now we're looking at Rick and Steve on the Gay Anarchist Yoga and Rotta Cookie Association. Every woman needs a cucumber in the fridge. <laughs> Tonight I'm joined by two gayer children's toys than Duplo. First up, she's always down for a play date. It's Amelia. Hi, my name's Amelia. Oh, sorry, no, let me start that over. <clears throat> Hi, my name's Amelia. And uh, I'm joining here tonight as a Ken doll. And I can be found at the Nefarious Navigator on Instagram. <laughs> that is pretty gay. <laughs> Second up, the batteries aren't included. It's Ro. Hi, everybody. I'm Ro, and tonight I'm cosplaying as Gay Pop It. Every time you flick it or pull it, it gives a little, uh. <laughs> ooh, ooh. You can find me on twitch.tv slash susqueenro. <laughs> okay, so this week we're doing an entire season of a TV show, which is a little bit longer than your average queer film by about 30 minutes. Um, so, <laughs> unfortunately, we can't do a synopsis Facts. of every episode or we'd be here all night, but the show focuses on Rick and Steve, who live with their friends, specifically Dana and Kristen, a lesbian couple who are trying to have a baby and want Rick to father the child, and we check out the shenanigans as they happen along the way. Ah... So there's a lot to go through, including the cliffhanger ending for season one. But I think the most important question is, what did y'all think? Um, <laughs> this show is a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Do go like, on. It, <laughs> it doesn't pretend to be like PC humor at all. Which I think allows it to tackle conversations about the queer community and lampoon different stereotypes than mm-hmm. than normal media would be able to get away with. It's it's really clever. Like the whole season finale is about log cabin Republicans and the KK gay. <laughs> yeah. It's actually, it's actually kind of a, I don't know if you'll both agree with me or not, but I think it's actually kind of like a smart show. Oh, definitely. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, like it, it's kind of silly, right? And like on the surface, like it's kind of like, you know, just like you said, not politically correct and like kind of, you know shock humor in some ways i guess but like the things that it's making fun of especially in the context of the director not being white um or the creator i mean is i i i thought it was hilarious and really smart um yeah there was like for example that whole episode where steve's parents come to stay the night and his mom (laughs) is just making comments like oh well your people sleep on the floor anyways, right? And, like, your people are so hospitable. And, like... (laughs) Right? Yeah. And it all comes down to that choice, like, would you rather have a gay son who's married to, like, Rick, who's the best, or would you rather have a straight son who got, like, this butch lesbian pregnant? (laughs) 
Uh, real quick, <laughs> right? <laughs> okay, we'll keep Rick, but only if he like dresses up as a girl for family occasions. We probably should say this series is definitely a product of certain time and utilizes crude and offensive language and humor back when that was pretty much the norm. Even with that, there's a crude, lot of humor in this series. <laughs> I'd also like to say that, I mean, we have we have we have Angel from Rent. Uh, we have Alan Cumming from everything, including Cabaret. We have Peter Page from Queer as Folk. We have Margaret Cho from back when people used to think Margaret Cho was funny. Um, and we just have, like, <laughs> and we have Emily Brooke Hands, who was Gwen in two of the Eating Out uh, movies. Um, so, like, we have a pretty, like, solid cast uh, of characters here uh, with surprising backgrounds. Um Let's go on and talk about the characters. Who were your favorite? Who were your least favorite, and why? Um, I mean, all the characters are so darn hateable. It's hard not to love them. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think Chuck was my favorite, to be honest. <laughs> Chuck, I don't Chuck know is why. the old guy in the wheelchair, right? Yeah. yeah. Voiced by Alan Cumming. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sticking um, with that. I think Chuck was my favorite. <laughs> I think I think my favorite, honestly, I don't know if I would be able to pin anyone down because they're all so funny. But um honestly, I like Chuck's little like 19-year-old boy toy. <laughs> it's like so Wilson hopped Cruz. up on diet pills, he like would die if he fell asleep. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> that oh that episode. He's not dead, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> they have an AIDS aid. Oh my god! There's they so- have a whole Rite Aid concert for this poor boy, who <laughs> they think got gay bashed, but actually just didn't take his diet pills and fainted in the middle of a pharmacy. You're the only downer I need, Chuck. <laughs> I I really like, like there's they got I, his mom f- on stage to sing even though she knows he's not dead. <laughs> My favorite character is actually Rick's mom who just like pops up every now and then cuz of her oh mother's God. intuition. Oh, I love her. Yeah. I've I've known so many ladies like her. <laughs> I feel like I feel like on some level my mom's that because like my mom pops in uh when something's happening in my life that I'm just like kind of indifferent to and then talks about and then like just checks in on me like she has like there's something wrong with my son I must fix him um kind of mentality um her mommy senses are tingling which characters were your least favorite um, let's see. Honestly, um, I could have done without Rick's ex-boyfriend, which is kind of weird to say because he, like, represented some really interesting topics and, like, some, like, some prejudices in the gay community that really need to be deep-dived upon. But, like, him as a character... Made me feel kind of squicky. <laughs> I could have done without yeah. uh, Dana's ex-girlfriend. To be, 
while we're on the subject of, like, exes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just, like, you know, that kind, that kind of mentality where, like, you just can't let things go, but you're also being really disrespectful to them. Don't like that. Yeah. I'm gonna go with Rick's ex-boyfriend as well. Right. And I have to say, for clarification, those of you who haven't seen the show, um, Rick's ex-boyfriend is basically, like, the opposite of every gay on Grinder, where he only sleeps with Asians. And Isn't he called, he, like, a like, rice queen or something? Yeah, he'll fetishize them and, like, really kind of, like... Like, in a way where he, like, only sees the Asian-ness and the exoticness of it all. And he, like, it's totally, weird and fetishizing. Like, blocks out everything that makes a person human. I think there's a lot and of... And he uncom- uses, like, weirdly, like, racist nicknames as well. Like, that whole situation was just... <laughs> there's a lot of uncomfortable moments in this series um but i think oh, like, so many i i think the one for me that really stood out kind of is evan is latino and he's trying to basically pass himself off as asian by saying really outdated stereotypes of like how asian culture has been portrayed poor boy just wanted to get some <laughs> He could have done it without the accent. Um, there's a... Uh, and I don't like how how they just downplayed that either. Like, they didn't really... It, they put it into a character, but they didn't really address it as much. Right. There they was just... no talking down. He just, like... Doesn't he get eaten in the end by a shark? Yeah. Which I, I guess is <laughs> I kind mean, of... That's a... It's kind of come up in, but like it's they never addressed his toxic behaviors. <laughs> like call him a toxic shitbag and then push him out on the raft to be eaten by a shark. Like <laughs> <laughs> There's there's only 6 episodes in the first season, so which which episode was your favorite and why? Oh man, there The episode with the parents <laughs> um i don't know just to me as like a minority like they just represented so many of the people that i used to like so many of the people that i used to come across well i guess i still came across my whole life like just the super like kind of ignorant like wealthier person that's just completely tone deaf to everything and like doesn't even understand like how offensive they're being. <laughs> oh, slavery is illegal here. Yeah, exactly. Here. I don't know, and it, it was you nice know. to see that just like kind of poked fun at and satirized. I appreciated that. I think my favorite episode was also the episode where the parents come to visit, but for one like extremely um like benign reason which is at the beginning of the episode when they're watching the soap opera and the lady says how could you do drugs on the baby timmy oh my god i forgot about that timmy's leaning over a tiny baby snorting a line of cocaine (laughs) off of his belly 
<laughs> slutty housewives. Uh, <laughs> I, I the feel... best reality show slash soap opera slash like <laughs> Sex in the City knockoff ever. <laughs> I feel I feel so attacked because y'all are in unison with your choices, and I'm out here being an outlier. Um, I really love the Happy Dana episode, which was also oh. the log cabin and Kate. K- oh K- yeah, episode. that's Happy Dana was a such close a great second. Episode. Close oh second for me. God. <laughs> It just, it tied everything so perfect, it tied everything together so perfectly, all of its plot lines in the end. Um, It actually addressed a lot of the divide when it comes to the queer community and their politics, like, because, you know, you you might not know this, but not, just because you're gay and lesbian, well, I, just because you're gay doesn't mean you're liberal, Um, you know, and, but... What? Gays? What? <laughs> Lesbians are all le- liberal by by default, but like gays can be, you know, conservatives or alt right or QAnon, you know. Uh, and <laughs> I like the bit of the episode where Dana says to her wife, she's like, "Hand me the speakers, darling. It's time for baby's first Lilith fair." <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, you. <laughs> You do realize the doctor said your baby was a boy, right? (laughs) (laughs) How are you going to raise your baby boy on, like, woman with a Y bullshit (laughs) and expect to have, like, a healthy, well-adjusted family? Are you saying men can't be feminists? No, I'm (laughs) saying... I'm saying little boy can't be woman with a Y. <laughs> There's I, I, a political divide there that they're not ready to cross. <laughs> I also really liked Horny Rick. I very much identified with Horny Rick in this episode. Um, just because it's like, we've all been in heat because of things right. we've taken, like medication. Um, what? Let me, no. Let me, let me qualify my last statement by saying here at the Gay Acapod, we believe that trans women are women. And should be allowed into woman-only spaces. Yes, we do. Yes, 1,000%. The viewpoints of those who attend Lilith Fair are not our own. Imagine if Sarah McLaughlin was on the show, just for like... uh, (laughs) I just realized I have the theme song stuck in my head. I'm a lesbian. Rick and Steve. Rick and Steve. Happy and gay like you wouldn't believe. Kissing boys, hating girls. They're the happiest gay couple in all the world. Um, Oh, no. Can we we talk about uh, the look of this show? Um, Because they obviously couldn't use Legos, so uh, it's like their decision was to make toys for even smaller children for this adult series. It's amazing, honestly. It's so good. It's somehow the amount of stuff that they like were able to do with the show. Yeah, like, and you look at things like the cups, and it's like there's so much thought into like how things work because it's like the cups fit in their hands, the the dildos fit in their hands, you know, and it's just like someone thought of all of this very meticulously and and planned out this world. And I am like, very much envious trucks. of their creativity. 
Like, the monster trucks at the monster trucks rally actually, like, crushed the cars. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like... Those they, hippies. It, it's obviously... It's obvious that they took a lot of uh, care. Like, knowing that this is, like, a queer show in the early 2000s where almost nobody would watch it. Like... They took a lot of care to make the things that could be done realistically look realistic. You know, yeah, they really did. It was the same company behind shows like JoJo's Circus and Celebrity and the later series of Celebrity Deathmatch, the one that wasn't made in house by MTV. Um, I haven't thought about Celebrity Deathmatch in ages. I don't think I ever saw it. What? Really. Yeah. Really? You didn't yeah. see Elton John versus Ozzy Osbourne? No. I, I, this is the first time I'm hearing about it. This, I, I don't know what series we would watch if it was gay at all. Um, yeah, this was this was um, this was a company that had some you know, cup of coffee has. Uh, this is like some the golden age of like. Um, at home kind of do-it-yourself filmmaking so there are a lot of people exploring like how do you do stop-motion animation and, gotcha like how do you how do you make it look good on a budget you know what I mean um I should also mention that uh, as they went along Cup of Coffee Studios in my opinion made steadily worse uh <laughs> series uh like star valence which was um legitimately just very bad celebrity jokes but with decent animation and glenn martin dds which is one of the single most unfunny animated sitcoms i've ever seen but <laughs> They made this show and its second season, so thank you for that. Um, the series is almost like a time capsule because, like, all the stereo—it has like all these stereotypes we we had with the community and still kind of have, but it also tackled subjects that were only starting to bubble up. Uh, some of them were not handled very well, but this show did discuss transgender relationships, toxic radical feminism, appropriation of queer culture by straight people for attention, and the desensitization of racism within queer communities, along with many others. Um, what other topics do you wish had been tackled since this was for a queer audience? Wow. I imagine... Today, if they had made the show, they would probably have gone harder in on, like, mental health and drug use, even though they also, they did kind of tackle that, um, through, um, prescription drugs and stuff. Um, I, I would have liked to see more focus on gender identity even though that's really not what the show is about you know but i think like in in the perspective of today and being a gay adult now 
I see that being like such a hot issue within the community that it's kind of ripe for the picking where comedy comes into the picture. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I think I would like to see like a remake of that episode. I think it's like episode two where they have the baby. That oh, echinacea. The yeah, echinacea. Push. That oh my god. With you know, and I think I think it would be because I feel like first of all, like that episode was definitely ahead of its time for like 2007, right? Oh, definitely. Um, <laughs> like, but we're, we're choosing to raise her or him in a completely gender neutral environment until they feel comfortable telling us how they identify. Like that is such a like a a parenting tactic that I associate with modern day queer couples. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That yeah, I'm exactly. kind of surprised to... I was really actually very surprised to see it in this show. Yeah, same. And, okay. you know, but, like, it was made in 2007, so, like, the way that, that it was addressed was a little bit, like, you know, like, I think in this day and age it would be updated terminology. Like, they were insistent on the her or him as opposed to, like, now it would just be they, them. Yeah. You know? Um, or actually what I would think would be awesome because, you know, of the show, uh, would be if like they were, or because of how the, they were kind of like a crunchier couple or whatever, if they went all the way with it and like, oh yeah, we're using, uh, neo pronouns with this child. So, uh, they're only like referred to as Zer or what it like Zer and or, or, or fair. <laughs> they yeah. they they identify as fakin until <laughs> they tell us otherwise. <laughs> yeah, fakin. <laughs> yeah, lots of variation uh, when it came to uh, gay men, which was nice to see. A lot of diversity. Yes. Um, we had a lot of gay men of color, which was oddly like very hard to find around that time representation for other although they all live kind of a, in like a middle upper class like beach community like they live on a cul-de-sac like what do you what do you want me to say like <laughs> it's yeah, like I mean, I think the it, most whitewashed version of representation i do think though i mean that's obviously the the creator being a non-white person has a lot to do with that i'm sure because yeah you know do you think uh, what is what is your least favorite episode out of all the episodes? Um. Oh, probably the first one. Go on. I don't know. There was something really like squicky to me about having the nice lesbian lady whose name I can't remember. Like, go trolling in public toilets for gay semen. Kristen? Yes, Kristen. That, like, kind of rubbed me the wrong way. A little bit. Especially, like, when it got into the, like... To, like, how she, like, kept being mistaken for a young boy. Yeah, I agree with that. I think, too, the first episode was kind of the least memorable for me. Right. Everything from then on was, like, A-plus comedy. Yeah, also the way they handled their one transgender character just kind of sucked. 
it's probably kind of sad to think that if I personally think that the the pussy episode is uh, my least favorite, um, just because I didn't think that it like it had too much going on and a lot of it just didn't land for me. Um, but I know I see what you were saying with the first episode. Do you think that having a first episode that, in your opinion, is sort of like the weakest of the six, probably hurt it when it came to uh, retaining audience? I think most likely. I I don't think... So I'm the type of person that I'll, like, give an ep- a TV show, like, a good half a season before I give up on it, usually, unless it's just, like, unbearable. I don't think most people feel that way. Do, do you think having a first episode that has some of the content of, of this, of Rick and Steve's first season... Which includes, but is not limited to, um, basically, uh, lesbians trolling for sperm to get pregnant, uh, two gay guys, uh, filling a cup with sperm, uh, without telling the person who's trying to get pregnant, um, that they're doing so, um, and, uh, basically a lot of, like, jokes about a character who is in a wheelchair and has HIV AIDS. Do you think that nowadays that kind of deters people from, from giving this series a chance? Like as a first impression, maybe nowadays, but like you have to realize like this is back when like they were still making jackass movies (laughs) And like, I mean, there's a Jackass yeah, movie well, now. There's one that got made right now. I didn't watch it. What year is it? <laughs> My point being is like shock value and shock comedy was very much of the time. So I feel like the audience back then was probably less likely to abandon the show after that episode than an audience yeah. nowadays might be. I agree with that. Um, I think... Yeah. That's kind of my take, too. Like, I just think in the day, this day and age, it would not pass, like, the test. Like, I would definitely recommend... Well, okay, never mind that. I'll save that for later. (laughs) Oh, my God. You know what I could see totally as a topic for lampooning nowadays in a show like this? Is the whole thing about, like, trying to find a serious relationship on Grindr... And, like, every yes! time you go in to meet the guy, you just find him, like, bent over his bed, asshole, like, fully exposed. <laughs> and you're like, as you're humping away, you're like, this is no way to start a long-term relationship. Oh. It's kind of weird to think that it seems like a lot of people don't, who, because this was on Logo back in the day, so it's also on, like, Teletoon and some some European, UK sh- channel that no one cares about because it's british um it's kind of weird to think that people just like have this doesn't really have a presence even like as a cult show you know yeah like that's really surprising to me because i mean actually though yeah because i could see this because this has kind of like similar humor as far as like parody goes with like drawn together which has its cult following um 
it has you know decent animation a lot of good ideas to it and there just aren't a lot of queer shows you know um so it's kind of weird to think that this just doesn't have that much of a following <laughs> despite being... right and it doesn't help that it's kind of hard to get your hands on it like you can't yeah rent, like you can't rent it really online you have to like actually search out dvd sets wait you can't rent it online i thought you could get it on itunes Let's find oh, out. Maybe you can. I don't have iTunes. <laughs> Let us. Yeah, listen. I'm an technology. Android. I'm an Android person. So well, m- maybe if you had iTunes, then you could get the episodes for one ninety nine each of both seasons, exclusively on Apple. <laughs> well, maybe if they showed out to Daddy Bezos, they wouldn't have this problem uh... right now. It's it's also on Amazon Prime. No, it's not. (laughs) Shut up. Yes, it is. I'm I'm looking at it right now. That's crazy. I I didn't even bother looking. I checked earlier, and all I could find was a DVD box set. (laughs) I'm. (laughs) Hold on. Where's where's the video? I'm videoing this. Our dear viewers, it may occur that I have wrongfully given information that is not correct. You may buy this for one ninety nine on Amazon. Oh my god, you're right. <laughs> I I have been. You shamed. can buy season two for ten dollars and ninety nine cents if you so choose. <laughs> How do I turn the video off? Okay. Alright, um, so this series is okay. readily available. What's stopping you, gay community? Go lampoon the shit out of this thing. Yeah. <laughs> wh- why 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 don't you like gay animation? Is it is it you, just you because embraced, <laughs> you embrace queer duck. You embrace RuPaul, goddammit. You fucking love queer duck. I got like I got like five to ten messages of people being like, Why don't you like queer duck? It's hilarious. How like, is RuPaul your problematic fave and you don't know about Rick and Steve, the happiest gay couple in the entire fucking world? Especially since <laughs> RuPaul shows up in this seat, in this uh, in this show. Of course he does. <laughs> uh, um, going along with that, do you think this show actually deserves to be revisited and reevaluated? Um, by the standards we have now? Yes. Absolutely. Like I said, like I said, it's a smart show, and I would love to see that. I just watched Scream yesterday, so forgive me, because they talk about elevated horror a lot in Scream, and I think also now in, like, 2022, like, elevated comedy is a big thing, and I would love to see this remade as, like, an elevated comedy show. And put it on an elevator. Yeah, or um, on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> what can we what can we take away from this series as a community? Sometimes um, you just have to laugh at your trauma. <laughs> there is a small amount of viability to homemade filmmaking. Um, maybe not anymore, but there sure used to be. <laughs> <laughs> I just got the Dr. Tran DVD and I feel so conflicted. 
Um, <laughs> Speaking of, <laughs> do you think that? No, I, do you think that nowadays, like, and this was also this is also a problem I've I've kind of been noticing because I've been casually like re-reviewing um, Queer as Folk. I tried to start rewatching it like a few years ago and just failed, and and now I've been decently watching it. And there's just like this feeling of like holier than thou with all the characters um, that I didn't really notice when I was like a, a teenager, but I guess I see now it's like uh, Michael is just like freaking like uh, you know uh, I guess Mother Teresa with like you know lecturing right. everyone I, and stuff. I and think this, it's this a show is really, <laughs> This show really doesn't. You know, it doesn't lecture. It just makes fun of like everyone, and I think, I think it's good to be able to see yourself in characters and laugh at them. And I don't think that this would have translated if it wasn't animated. If that makes sense, I agree. Because it's easier to like oh, laugh yeah, at characters. You can get away with so much more when you're doing animation. I agree. Like, it's, there, it's, there are things in this show that I gather people would never say out loud if it was being attached to their actual real life face. <laughs> I mean, it's alternative life companion. Um, just uh, this, this episode is just us quoting random lines and people being like, "What the fuck are they talking about? What the um, fuck are they even talking?" About? I think it's also easier to... It's like the caricature uh, uh, syndrome or whatever it's called. Um, where, like, you can, it's easier to laugh at a caricature of yourself than it is to laugh, like, at a photo of yourself. Oh, yeah. And I think, like, if you can see yourself in any of these characters, like, it's easier to, like, have a sense of humor about, like, what they're going through, the situations and stuff, than it would be, like, if, like, actual characters that you're supposed to identify with. It's like, um, well, I guess you could, no, well, Lord of the Rings is fucking hilarious to me, but, um, you know, uh, but, but, like, uh, the idea of, like, the everyman that, like, Frodo, uh, is supposed to be, like, you're supposed to put yourself in his hairy feet for the journey, you know? Um, and it's just like you're supposed to feel the weight of this journey and how important it is so that when you know he's scared you're scared and when he's joyous you're joyous and you're rooting for him but at the same time you're rooting for yourself kind of thing what i mean by that is that frodo like a lot of main characters in hollywood film are written very broadly so that uh as many people as they can can see themselves in that character and this is opposed to TV shows, which can have more specific characters, but mm-hmm. they're usually seen as like, you know, side characters and stuff like that. Rick and Steve, I think, is different than that because every character is very specific to one group of people within the queer community. And so you see yourself as a specific character, but it's not the everyman that you're seeing yourself as. You're seeing yourself as Rick or Steve or Dana or Kristen or Chuck or Emmett, or, you know, any number of the minor characters in this in this series, you know? And I think that's what I really like, is because you can see yourself as a specific person, 
you can see the pros and cons, the strengths and weaknesses of that character within the series and basically identify and laugh at both those strengths and weaknesses, you know? I want, you know, I want more Rick and Steve. I want I want Rick and Morty x Rick and Steve, you know? I want Yeah, that's one good. of the one of the nice things about Rick and Steve is they lampoon such a broad cross section of the queer community that you really can like see any character and be like, I know someone who's like that. Yeah, like, I agree. I agree. Like, like I know like a a white straight acting guy whose parents are like deeply Southern Baptist and like <laughs> He was raised to be, like, so-so in the closet. Like, I can think of a bajillion guys like that. Like, I also know the gays who are, like, hopelessly addicted to prescription drugs. Like, I went to an art school. I knew so many gays like that. But can you name one comedy show, one gay comedy show out there besides Love, Victor? Mm, That was the joke. No, not really. (laughs) Would you even classify Love, Victor as a comedy? I find it hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm an asshole. Um, I mean, we had stuff like, what was it? Uh, uh, the Bondage Show on Netflix. I don't remember the name of it. It like, got canceled oh, after bonding. bonding. I watched the My first friend, season of wait, that. wait. My old roommate did watch a Swedish gay comedy, lesbian comedy. That doesn't a couple count. Of years ago. I don't remember what it's called or anything, but yeah, it, I can think of it. That's the one I can think of. <laughs> but, but, but like, yeah, we, I, I think we need more, more gay comedy show. We have enough gay is comedians. Is Modern Family like certifiably gay or is it just like partly gay? It's, I feel like it's partly gay. I feel like it's I, not gay at all. I don't know. I never really watched it. My parents were really into it, but I never watched it. I yeah, feel, I'm I feel it's like boat. I know people that have watched it, but I feel it's like the Brokeback Mountain version of gay, where it's like gay for straight people. <laughs> I love how so far in almost every single episode this season we have referenced back to Brokeback Mountain, and yet this show, and yet Rick and Steve didn't have one reference to Brokeback Mountain. Why, Rick and Steve? Why? Why you do us like that? Um, Was the movie made later than your production occurred? Probably. That's uh, no excuse. The first season was excuse. Maybe in season two. Get a time sheet and then get a perspective. (laughs) Jesus. So, no, so, uh, Broca also, uh, was the mind behind boy culture and the eating out movies. What do you think eating out could have benefited from when it comes to the elements of this show? Maybe if eating out had been animated, it would have landed in the same way as this, I guess. <laughs> they probably could have done more than good. To- I don't know. Like just the, the sense of humor, like translated so much better to this animated medium. Like this thing had me laughing almost for every single episode. Yeah. I feel like if they had taken more of the of Frick and Steve's focus on like actually portraying people in the queer community instead of yeah. deriving all the humor from <laughs> what if straight guy get gay blowjob <laughs> That was only actually, the first yeah. two ep- <laughs> That was only the first two. 
three. <laughs> or what if gay guy pretend to be straight person? Well, okay, that was granted. One there was two, a, there was an episode like that in Rick and Steve, but you know, Rick and Steve it felt more like realistic because you're having to like hide in the closet from your deeply Southern Baptist parents, right? <laughs> or gay Mensa. Gay men's, uh, excuse you. Gay men's, uh. Gay men's, uh. Gay men's, uh. Those nerds. Alright, so what are you two hoping to see when we get to season two? Um, more of that cute little baby that says Bush. Yes, absolutely. Push. That was the funniest thing to me. They taught this also- poor little baby how to say bush. And the, every everybody except the parents are like, oh no, this is a catastrophe. What will they do? And then the parents come home and they're like, you're trying to say my name. How cute. I will, I will and the baby say, though, straight up is like, I did have bush. one huge problem with that episode. <laughs> What is that? For the amount of fucking times that that baby says Bush, there isn't a single fucking joke about Kate Bush in there. (laughs) And for an episode about lesbians, that is almost a fucking cardinal sin, okay? (laughs) Um, honestly, I can't, I just can't wait to see what kind of topics they tackle next. Because they did such a great job with season one. I will say there is an episode in season two that might be... It's it's one of my top ten favorite episodes of TV of all time. So look forward to that. I'm excited for this. Whenever we decide to try and do a full season for an episode again. Uh, Okay. I'm not watching a full season of Queer as Folk. (laughs) I'm not doing it. I don't think we could in a year. I'll just assign you random episodes. Like, Amelia gets the first one, Ro gets the second, I'll take the third. And we'll just, like, compare notes. We'll just, like, have, like, a book club, but for queer as folk. Um, so let's... let's if sum- we set up a Patreon, maybe I'll watch the L Word. <laughs> is the L Word... Whatever we do, is, though, I'm not it, fucking watching girls. Is, is the L Word love or lesbians? Huh? Well, according to Scott Pilgrim versus the word, the L word is lesbians. Ah, okay. <laughs> yeah. Let's let's uh, let's let's sum this thing up. How about um? So Amelia, <laughs> did this season make you wish that Skanky Housewives was a real show, or press two to hear angry protesters now? I want several seasons of Slutty Housewives. Uh, and yeah, just honest. Like, if you're not put off by humor that like is maybe not PC. Uh, give this a watch. It's it's hilarious. <laughs> Ro, did this series make you want to form a posse of attack cats to attack your enemies when threatened, or learn your mother had vaginal regeneration surgery? Okay, never mention the words vaginal regeneration surgery and mother in the same sentence ever again. (laughs) Okay, but also, on the opposite side of that, who wouldn't want a highly specialized squadron of attack cats? Actually, though, yeah, that's like a lifelong dream of mine, so... What if you're allergic to cats? 
Uh, that you know what? really sucks for you. Wear a mask and get some hand sanitizer, baby. <laughs> so. My attack hats are coming after you. <laughs> anyway, that's what we think. But if you've seen this movie or you're not watching it later, we'd love to hear your thoughts and your experience with it. You can rise on Facebook and Twitter at GayAirPod. That's G-A-Y-E-C-A-P-O-D. While you're there, we want to suggest a movie for us to watch in the future. We're always looking for new suggestions, and we can't wait to experience more movies with you. I'm Mito Kish, once again reminding you that Billy West has been in both of the animated pieces of media we've watched at this point. How can you do drugs on the baby, Timmy? 